Hey, hey, it's Monday. I'm in a car. It's a Monday. It's a rant type situation. I did this the other day when I was driving and uh, a lot of people, I just wanted to put something out because I, you know, I felt bad because we had technical difficulties last week and also uh, me being sick, which is technically a difficulty. Hoo-ah! Um, and so I just wanted to put something out and then I had like so many people message me and they were like, hey man, uh, that 25 minute podcast rant you did from the car was very cathartic and I liked it. And then I had some people, uh, told me, and I thought this was great that they were like, dude, I just like having you on because it just feels like there's another person in the car with me, you know? And I was like, oh my God, you know, I do that sometimes with podcasts or with like TV shows at night. Like I'll just throw on, like, I mean, we've all, we've all listened to the office or watched the office, you know, a hundred times through. And at a certain point, it's like, you're not even really watching it. It's just another thing in the room, (laughs) which I realize is a horrible description uh, for an entertainment medium. It's like, yeah, Corey, I don't even listen to what you're saying. It's just nice to have you in the room. But um, I do like that. So for those of you that just do just want to turn on the voice because you like the, the soothing, syrupy, sorghum sounds of this sweet southern drawl, how many S words can he make up after this? Uh, here I am again. Uh, just wanted to say hello. Wanted to thank everybody who came out to Indianapolis this weekend at the Helium Comedy Club. And I got to tell you, if you live in Indy, I say this, I don't, well, I don't say this about every comedy club. That's not true. There's about now six. There was five before this weekend. Five comedy clubs that I go out of my way to put over and talk about. I'm not going to list them all right now just because then it'll be out there and people go, oh, well, that means it wasn't this comedy club. I don't want to shit on any other comedy club. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to think, I don't want to say all this and then the people that it's not on that list are going to be like, but just assume your club's on that list. (laughs) But Helium, man, if you live in Indy, and uh, you're a stand-up fan at all, or if you're not a stand-up fan, I think Helium could get you into it. The room is just set. It's just ready to roll, man. A lot of people don't understand how important it is in comedy that the room be good. And I, I like, I, you almost as a comedian don't even want to say stuff like that out loud because when non-comedians hear it, they're like, okay, so you're telling me that you can't just do stand-up anywhere? Yes, you can. I'm just saying that you know, there's some people like playing in a, a dome, for instance, in football. It gets rid of all the elements. It's just you in the game. I Well, for a comedy club, if there's some things about the design of the club that are a little bit off, you really don't understand how much it doesn't necessarily affect the performance, but it, it um, affects the audience's perception of the performance, which ends up changing the whole deal. Let me explain to you how a perfect comedy club is set up. Now, if you, by the way, if you're out there and you want to hear this expertly broken down, um, I suggest that you listen to, I don't know what number well-read podcast it is, um, but it was the last time Todd Glass was on our podcast. Todd did like, I think he did like 65 minutes breaking down how you set up a perfect comedy club because Todd actually goes to like comedy clubs and like helps them set them up. So here's here's an ideal comedy club, okay? First off, 
And now this is unfortunate because of the world we live in and the fact that there's a pandemic, but you know, we just you know, be vaccinated and everything will be okay. It needs to be tight. People need to be kind of close. The tables need to be kind of close. People don't need to be spread out because laughter is contagious. There doesn't need to be all that empty space. Helium is super duper tight. Okay. The club does not need to be lit up like a Christmas tree. I do not need to see every audience member's face. You shouldn't because there's a psychology in comedy. And it is this. People, if they can see each other, there are certain things that they won't laugh at because subconsciously they don't want you to see them laugh at an off-color thing. That's why people subconsciously cover their face when they're laughing. Maybe you didn't know that, but it's true. It's an embarrassment thing. So if it's dark in the room, your guard is is completely down. You don't have to cover your face because it's dark. You don't feel seen. So therefore, the club needs to be dark. Helium Comedy Club is dark. Okay? The ceiling needs to be low. This sort of goes back to it needs to be tight, right? Everything needs to be tight. You want to feel like you're, you want to feel like it's a, everyone's one vibration. Everyone is, is literally one, right? And you, uh, are just on stage as a maestro and the laughs are symbiotically attached and vibrating through a, a, uh, an audience that is acting as one unit. You don't want there to be patches of the audience that are, that are on different wavelengths, it's why doing comedy, this is very inside baseball, but it's why doing comedy in places like Myrtle Beach is always weird. Because when you do comedy at like a tourist place, everyone is on a different wavelength. You know what I mean? Like you got this section over here, they're all from Boston. This section over here, they're from Myrtle Beach, so they're locals. So everyone's kind of just on a different, that kind of fuck, that sounds fucked up to say. <laughs> But it's true, man. Like, you just want the audience to be as close of a unit as they can be. And and I think no matter where you're at, if it's a tight room and a small ceiling and it's dark, then everyone is the same. Do you know what I mean? Does that, that somehow make sense? I feel It's so funny because I feel like if you said that about in, in any other way, it's like, that's a fucked up thing to say. Everybody should be an individual. But I, yeah, but in comedy, you just want it to be, I don't know. It, it, but it's true. And helium's a small ceiling tight room where the stage, by the way, is like, if I wanted to kick everybody in the front row in the face, I could have easily done it. Obviously, I didn't didn't do that. <laughs> but if I wanted to, I could have. You can reach out and touch them. It just feels like, oh, man, I don't know. Like, it, it's just, it's just great. You just feel the energy the whole time. Uh, another component that makes a comedy club great is when the staff and the people who own it or the people who run it are huge comedy fans. And the people at Helium and Indy are huge comedy fans. You'd think to yourself, Corey, I bet everybody that owns a comedy club is a huge comedy fan. That is not true. A lot of times, they're just a huge fan of money. Now, there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. But it is a bummer because you think to yourself, dude, you could have done anything for money. You know, we need you to be like on our team right now. All the good comedy clubs love comedy and care about comedians. And Helium does that. And it was fantastic. And I'm saying all that to say, just if you live near Indianapolis and maybe you didn't come to our show, maybe you didn't know it was happening. There's a, a it's 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 wild out there on how 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 to promote 
it's crazy and it's getting more difficult what with algorithms and Facebook being the way it is and yada, yada, yada. But you should go to Helium Comedy Club and see a show. And also there's a lot of people I'm informed. This is really, it's bizarre. It was bizarre for me at first when I first kind of popped to think about this. But like a lot of people that are fans of me and Trey and Drew aren't necessarily, quote, comedy fans. (laughs) Which I know there's some people, if they don't like me or hearing this going like, yeah, that's because you're not funny. (laughs) Okay. But my point is like they came, they found us through something else. And they're like, oh, I like these guys. I like this specific type of humor. But maybe they weren't someone that just like went to comedy clubs all the time. Because we have people all the time come to our shows and they're like, hey, this is, by the way, this is my first time ever being at a club. Um, Never been to a comedy show. This is great. And I always want to be like, oh my God, you've never, like, you've got to come back here to this room and see someone actually good. <laughs> if you like my show, oh my God, you know. Like, come back when freaking Nate Bargatze or, or, or you know, I mean, insert Kath, Kathleen Madigan, Nikki Glaser, Laura Peake, insert any really funny comedian in here, um, and you'll have a great time. But I'm just, I just wanted to put Helium Comedy Club over. Um, I'm out in the park walking right now, so sorry if this sounds weird. I'm about to go home and get to work on this, the first of this week's, this week in Southern history. I'm going to do two. I haven't figured out what they're going to be about yet because I have to go back and, you know, look at my little, whatever happened this week on the calendar. Uh, But I'm doing two to make up for last week because again, I feel horrible, even though I know nobody's mad at me or actually cares. That's just how uh, my anxiety manifests itself. So you're going to get to regardless. And there might even be another, a third thing in there, depending on how, um, how quickly and what pace I can work at. Um, That's something that's been on my mind today, work. And I put up a tweet earlier that said something to the effect of, a lot of people feel like, or a lot of people say that the reason there's more mentally unwell people nowadays is because of the chemicals in our food and water. And I posited that. While that may be also true, I think it's just because we live in a world that is set up systemically in a, in such a way that the human brain was not actually designed to thrive in. The system, by the way, is also the reason that there are chemicals in our food and in our water. But it's like that. I like, again, I talked about last week, how guilty I feel that I didn't get to this week in Southern history up last week. And I was literally sick for days. I was sick. And then I had other contractual obligations and then I was like traveling on the road trying to, you know, get the money and pay my rent and, you know, do the shows and everything and blah, 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 blah. And like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't feel bad about that. I do because it's, I owe y'all and I love y'all. But like, because of the world we live in, we are literally taught or it's beaten into us that like, what do you mean? What do you mean you're sick? Who cares? It doesn't matter you're sick. You still got to do your thing. And it's like, dude, no. The human body needs time to rest and your brain is part of your body. And like, it's so messed up that like me who tries and works so hard to be more in tune with that and more like acceptable, accepting of that, I still fall guilty of it. So does everybody. So like the ones out there that are truly against 
you know, like there are people who think about this. There are people who are against mental health awareness by virtue of the fact that when you talk about mental health, they immediately shut you down with quit being a, you know, a wimp. I'm trying not to curse so much. <laughs> I was going to say the P word. Quit being a wimp or pull yourself up by your bootstraps or get over it or, you know, whatever. Like, because of that, they are, that means they're against mental health awareness. They just, they might say, oh, I just don't believe in it. That's not true. You don't care. And for the most part, I think it's that they don't care because they are one of the people who so desperately and so profoundly need barbaric capitalism because it services them. And I mean, you know, as someone in the entertainment industry, I'm not going to sit here and be hypocritical and say that it doesn't service me too. Entertainment, like liberal elite Hollywood, dude, it doesn't get more barbarically capitalist than that. Which is what always, like, that I've, I've talked about this before, but like, that's what always blows my mind about when, you know, all these people are like, oh, Hollywood just wants to turn us into a bunch of communists. I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? Hollywood is a consumer-driven business. They are the most, they are the most thankful that we live in a barbaric, a barbarically capitalistic world. And hypocrite Corey is a huge part. I say huge part. I want to be a huge part of that community, and I love entertainment. And by virtue of what I do, I mean it's just there's no, there's really no other way to, to dance around it that like. Obviously, for what I do and for how I am to succeed, like, you know, it requires a little bit of capitalism. But I don't understand why people go capitalism and healthcare. There's no way that those two things can coexist. So stupid. Does capitalism have to be in everything? No. (laughs) Of course, it's going to be in our entertainment and sports and yada 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 and of course we love it that people are out there competing for our dollar it makes there's great products and there's great technology that comes from things like that but i don't think that medicine has to be one of those things and i don't think that someone that's suffering mental illness needs to also pull down six figures just to justify being able to pay for the help that they can receive you know ah I'm off the rails on this one. I'm off the rails, folks. Just wanted to pop in and say what's up, because again, I got a lot of good feedback on the random podcast rants, and I think I'm just going to keep doing them. I'm going to try, I mean, you know, if you don't like them, then you literally just don't have to listen to them, and I think that I've cultivated some of the greatest fans in the world who, like, totally understand that. I know that everything I do is not for everybody. I try to be a diverse artist and entertainer. And there's just no way that everybody that likes me likes every single thing that I do. And this might not be one of them, but that's fine. There's people out there that do, and you can listen to this and get more value here on this, I guess, streaming and blogging platform that is CoreyWritesForYou.com. So like I said, there's going to be more posts this week to This Week in Southern Histories. And um, for what it's worth, I am about to take a substantial amount of time off from the road. I mean, like months and months and months. Uh, Which means that you're just simply going to get more stuff on here and everything's going to be on time. I mean, that was just the the reality of it is that it's just 
when you travel for a living, I mean, dude, one little tiny thing goes wrong and it just compounds and then there's your whole week and it just is what it is. I'm not complaining. Well, I guess I am complaining Um, because I love what I do and I love uh, the fact that everybody comes out there to see us. Again, like places like Helium Comedy Club where you should go if you live in the area or if you're even close. Um, But like... I don't know, man. I, I, there's all these other cool things that I want to do. This little Substack community we've built, and it just gets harder and harder to do that out there, you know. Um, so who knows what direction my life's heading? I'm going to try to keep a smile on my face and be happy, and I am. Um, but yeah, I don't know why I was thinking about all those things today. But uh, and for the record, none of this, none of this, none of this, none of this ever. I try to talk about mental health. I try to be very open about it. And it all goes back to, again, because I get so many messages from people that say, hey, man, I need you to talk about this stuff. I don't like we need somebody with a platform like yours to say all this stuff because it makes me feel less alone. It makes me realize that, like, you know, you're going through this, too, and there's somebody out there. And that's why I do it because um, it does bum me out sometimes. But I don't do it. I don't I don't ever want people to be like, oh, man, poor Corey. It is not a poor Corey thing. It's literally just I feel a responsibility. Because you know, I have this platform and uh, I can be courageous. And I know that there is someone out there listening to this who maybe they are like a 16, 17 year old Corey was who, dude, if I'd have heard any of this stuff when I was 16, 17 and was able to be like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Or like, or just bare minimum. Oh my God, that dude feels the same way as me. And you know, he seems to be kind of successful, so it is possible, and uh, so anyway, that's all that is, you know, I just want to be very clear on that, uh, I'm just glad that I can, I'm just glad that I can help, sincerely, it makes me feel good about myself, so it's kind of like a selfish thing, I guess, but anyways, uh, we'll be writing tonight, we'll get you two, at least two awesome This Week in Southern Histories this week, thank you for listening and sharing the, the other ones that we've done, we, as in me, and my multiple personalities, I guess. Um, I love y'all, and have a great, 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 great day. And, uh, yeah, see you later. Love you, bye.